0: Welcome to the Once in Future Authors podcast. I'm Stephanie, and I am so excited today to be joined by author Alexander Susla. This is the author of Dead Souls Awakening. Beware who you see in the desert, who awaits you. And our author writes that Dead Souls Awakening is a post-apocalyptic thriller, which answers a crucial question for many believers. Where was the Messiah during the three days when his body lay in a tomb before the resurrection? Summoned back to earth by humans, the Messiah stands before the last judgment where he is the accused, not outside the gates of Jerusalem, but in a courtroom in Las Vegas, Nevada. The novel features dynamic characters, fast-paced action, and contemporary relevance. The current pandemic and major socio-political changes in the US since 2019 are all interwoven. You'll meet author Alexander Suslov who has lived in Europe and the United States, including Las Vegas, where much of his latest book takes place. A graduate of Georgetown University, he currently lives in the South of France where he is working on the second installment of Dead Souls Awakening. He also draws from his childhood experience in the then Soviet Union. He notes that growing up on the wrong side of the Iron Curtain, I personally witnessed life in an authoritarian state where basic human rights were suppressed in the name of state security. Like dystopian classics 1984 and Clockwork Orange, this is a warning about how quickly history can repeat itself anywhere in the world at any time so join me in welcoming author alexander Suslov. thank you so much for joining me thank you (laughs) i wanted to give our our listeners a little overview before we dive in because there's just so much going on with dead souls awakening but before we get to the actual book walk me through how you got started as a writer in the first place
1: well Uh, Actually, you know, I started making up stories at an early age, mostly to amuse my parents and all my family, and uh, I tried to put them on paper uh, practically as soon as I learned to write, whatever the result was, (laughs) of course, and uh, I wrote my first novel when I was in college in the Soviet Union, and that was actually, you know, let me say, uh, that place that college was very unique in the sense that, um, first of all, its name is Moscow Institute of Literature. So they're supposed to teach you to become a writer, no more, no less. So, and the first thing they tell you, you know, when you start your courses, that it's impossible to teach to become a writer. You, you have to have a natural gift first, and then they will they can you know, assist you to provide you with necessary skills, you know, and of course education and so on. So it was very interesting. And uh, so I wrote my first novel, and uh, it was uh, quite mm, critical of uh, authorities. Mm. Because I detested, you know, the Soviet system, but it's a long story. And, (laughs) uh, and, uh, you know, it was very popular among the students, but uh, although it was, you know, I did it in the form of a fairy tale, Okay. so of like a really animal farm, but and the main you know antagonist was a that's I changed a little bit. The main antagonist was a vampire who ate corpses. Oh, like Ooh. like that, yes. Yeah. So of course it was you know no 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 way to publish it in the Soviet Union and even dangerous to show it to official you know magazines and, and publishers. So I had no choice but to smuggle it. Out of the country, and it was published in Germany and then in United States. So both. And uh, so when I was already in the in America, I studied at Georgetown University. I wrote my second novel. And so the death, uh, death souls awakening. This is my uh, third book.
0: Fantastic boy. Some people think they have trouble writing and publishing you actually had to smuggle your first novel out of the country uh for your safety
1: yes well you know smuggle yeah, it both you know I know I what I used to say you know I had very simple choice actually and it's a lot of luck of course you know took because I had the choice between the you know to go to the east meaning Siberia or to the <laughs> west so you know its it, ended up fortunately for me and my first book otherwise probably no one would ever heard about it.
0: Right right right. that's amazing what what a history and and as I mentioned so so many people have difficulty writing that first novel in the first place you had all these obstacles against you. Uh, It sounds like quite an interesting school that is uh titled that they would help to teach you to become a writer and the first thing they tell you is they can't teach you to become a writer you have to have that innate uh, gift
1: yeah, That was my personal experience. I was quite shocked. I thought, oh okay, great I'll become a, you know the professional writer. how nice, right <laughs> And then the first thing they said forget it. so it depends if you have a talent you know you can you can have it otherwise. Oh wow! In the, end, in the end, long it's a long way. To
0: exactly. Get so your first novel was a fairy tale that was that was a major statement against the authoritarian regime that you were living yes. under at that time. Yes. Your second novel was that also a fairy tale reactionary or something different?
1: Uh, no. Yes. Yeah, the second novel was different in terms of uh, I just had you know the characters in my mind. And uh, I didn't care much about the the form, in in what form to put them. So in this sense, in a way, you know, uh, they, they, I was just, I was following them. Gotcha. And of course, it it was based a lot on my own experience, you know, in Moscow and the family experience and uh, difficulties and uh, still, you know, it's in a way, still it's uh, not, hundred percent uh realism as they say it it still has this uh, supernatural overtones
0: gotcha gotcha and now let's get to dead soul's awakening that that seems to be a a very big change for you um (laughs) this book that is uh both in a sense a political uh religious Really, you're you're taking on uh, something the, the the resurrection of uh, that has been known and um you know people take it very much personally into heart for thousands of years that's that's a big undertaking isn't it
1: <laughs> uh, yes I'm, I'm afraid so <laughs> it was <laughs> huge yeah and uh, uh but you I know i just was trying to uh, well actually you know um uh, where should I start? Um, first of all, very briefly, yeah, uh, I would like to explain. So, for instance, in Europe, in many art galleries, yeah, you can see, you know, uh, Renaissance and medieval paintings,
0: mm-hmm.
1: where you know, actually depicting uh, biblical events. Quite a few of them, and I was really surprised uh, that. Uh, People there, the Roman soldiers and uh, you know local population, you know were wearing contemporary to the you know the painters' clothing. So, uh, as and uh, inevitably, you know everywhere you could see, you know the, this thing. The only unchanged part was its the central part, usually with the cross. Of course, the Messiah on it, and uh, you know. Uh, this, you know, his torture. Um, so, and that made me think. So, probably another time, if the Messiah appeared here, he would face, you know, the same bitter end in the end. Because the people looking at these paintings and thinking about our present times changed very little, unfortunately. You no, know, after all this, uh, two thousand years. Right. So basically, that's uh, I would say that's the main theme of of my novel. And um, uh, how I started, actually, you know, Dead Souls Awakening was following the uh, film script, hmm. which I wrote uh, many many years ago when I worked in Germany at an American radio station. Okay. And. Uh, uh, my, my german agent asked me to write uh, something uh, for upcoming you know the upcoming uh, third millennium so the year 2000 actually that was the original uh, title the year 2000 and if you remember uh, it was a very special time and uh, you know in a sense it it was the sense of uh, impending doom in a way so uh well sh- just a few years before it was um, the massacre you no know, waker massacre yes you know, all, all sorts of natural disasters and even talks that all computers may just I crash. Yes. <laughs> not working yes. well, yeah.
0: computers are gonna crash and we better pull all of our money out and live underground and have canned food yes i remember all, that all the time. that was it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's, it's something that never changes. You know, you can hear these talks right now, you know, <laughs> and back then as well. Yeah, same thing. So that's why, you know, uh, then I thought about these paintings and that's, you know, I thought that that would be probably the main, mm, you know, the main theme mm-hmm. um, of, of my novel, you know, just to depict, you know, what was going on. And uh, um, so, but of course, you know, although, You know, uh, people who read it, you know, so they were quite excited. But the budget of such a film was way out of reach, you know, for German uh, film production companies. So they all liked it, but uh, it didn't go anywhere. So the project remained unfinished. And uh, I, I, many, many years later, so I came across it and found uh, its uh, summary. So basically, you know, and my my children, you know, uh, my son and and daughters, they read it and they really talked me into just you know writing a novel based on it. So that's uh, how how the um, Dead Souls Awakening was born.
0: I I now that I have read Dead Souls Awakening, I can see that it would require a huge film budget.
1: Yeah, I, I believe this in this sense of. Uh, I was supposed to be, yeah, you know, more resp- you know, more responsible, you know, towards, uh, more careful towards its future <laughs> budget rather than just to use my fantasy, you know, and inspiration. By
0: how do you do that? How do you put your inspiration in a box that says you only have, you know, ten thousand dollars on this film or something? I'm glad that you let your inspiration just. Lie and not worry about how much it was going to cost that film. of uh,
1: yeah, absolutely, yes, Stephanie, because it's of course you know it's a hurdle. Yeah, you you you're really tied up here with this if you're thinking. I had that's why you know very often you know uh, now you know the films are criticized for the lack of inspiration, right. you know ideas and so on, and just you know just a couple of. Uh, uh, you know, scenes that work mostly just shooting, you know, between the different gangster, you know, the group, you know, going ahead because it doesn't cost much anyways. Yeah. So it's different.
0: Yeah. So absolutely. Tell me a little bit. And I, I love that this was originally a, you know, a screenplay that you had written yes. uh, idea for this film, put it away in a drawer for years. Uh, oh, yeah. the, this is a reminder to people to look through your drawers because you don't know what you might have in there. Um, and then uh, resurrected it, so, shall we say, uh, in the form the of- novel, novel.
1: Yeah, the novel itself, yeah, the, the idea was resurrected. Yes, yeah, yes. That's what it was, true.
0: Tell me a little bit about the difference because you, you are now an expert in someone who has written both for a screenplay and both for a novel with yeah. the same kind of theme, which is very interesting. Tell me about writing screenplay and writing novel. Some of those differences that you felt was one more difficult, one easier, did one flow. How did that feel for you? Uh,
1: yeah, the difference is huge, of course, I must say, huge. And uh, all right, and for the screenplay, you, you really, really have to, Control your fantasy, mm-hmm. yeah. because there's so many technical aspects up front right. that you have to think about, you know, while working in it, and uh, so many elements, you know, are included. Well, in, in in the novel, you know, you, you don't have to worry about such things. That's why it's interesting. By the way, you know, asking me this, uh, you reminded me about the difference how they approach to the, you know, the uh, film you know, industry and uh, uh, in Russia, oh, probably, and and in the West, in Western countries, because here you you know uh, let's start with Russia. Yeah, there you you know you start not worrying about all the technical aspects. You know what to do. You just write a sort of a short essay, so almost very close to you know a short story and so on where you you know outline your characters and so on. In the West forget it. You have to start with a very, very difficult and strict format. So you you have to think this way and so on. So it takes a lot of energy of course. That's why many you know writers just prefer not to do it and they let you know more experienced screenwriters to do it.
0: Right, and right.
1: Basically you know a basic difference. It's, you know, long story short. Yes. So, yes. so I would say it's totally different. And uh, um, writing a novel, I, I would say in general, you know, so in Western culture, uh, you more uh, practical, so so to speak. You know, so you you, uh, you even writing a novel, you think ahead about its structure. You know, how it will start, how it will end. Uh, in Russia, it's very rarely done this way. That's why when you read, you know, even. Great stories, great novels. You see that uh, it just—it just, uh, it just uh, you know, the writer's mm-hmm. genius, like uh, Dostoevsky, you know, these classics, you know, so it made it, you know, it got such a perfect result. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it just could easily fall apart because it's normally yeah, um, the Russian writers don't structure uh, their works
0: really interesting
1: as the the western writers do yeah that's what that's my my impression
0: you've been you've been on both sides of that curtain so you would know more than than I would know that's amazing now when you're writing I'm hearing that when you write for film you you kind of have to stay in a box shall we say you are limited in how far you can go whereas when you write a novel your imagination can go wherever it wants. Now, is one more difficult than the other because of that? Is it is it harder to be in the box, or does the box actually help you? I'm not sure.
1: I would say generally it's harder. Okay, it's harder. Yeah, because of this technical aspects, you may have a great story and great idea, and you know the first professional, you know, starting with the agent and, of course, you know, the production company, they look at it and say, okay, this guy doesn't even know the format, you know, so, okay, you know, come back, learn it, and come back. They won't even read it. And, of course, because it's, it seems very easy you know, for the screenplays, so uh, my feeling is many, many more people, you know, trying to write, you know, to write screenplays than someone who would, you know, start this long journey to writing the entire novel because mm-hmm. it, it takes a lot of efforts a lot of time and skills you name it everything yes, so exactly. that's right it's, it's easier on the one hand and it's more difficult at the same time
0: right, so. right i'm so glad you said that because as as a publisher i of course work with novels not screenplays, and many people have said, "Oh, I would love to, let's say, turn this novel into a screenplay, or I'd like to write." And and it's so wonderful to hear from someone who's been on both sides of that fence, what that actually entails.
1: <laughs> yes, Stephanie, and you know, I would recommend this authors, you know, who wrote a novel or and and want to write a screenplay, please. Hire a professional, you know, <laughs> to because there's too many, you know, technical aspects that will really may, even, you know, kill your your idea, your initial idea, and make something totally different you know, from, you know. What no, you
0: no, are, I'm, I'm I, that, that's such valuable advice for someone who might think, oh, not not a difficult transition, and you're here to say.
1: Uh, oh, I can do it better. Look, because you know, when you see the final product on the screen, it seems ah, you know, so simple. Okay, yeah, <laughs> anybody no, can no. do it. No. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's not. This is not the case. No, Absolutely. Not at
0: all. <laughs> well, let's talk about Dead Souls Awakening. Yeah. And, and the um readers and message you are hoping to reach. Because yes, it's a a novel, and and all sorts of interesting and fantastical things are happening. But of course, through it all, there are specific messages that you would like to get out there. What are you hoping that your readers will take away from this?
1: Well, basically, you know, just as they said, um, that's during 2000 years, we learned very little mm. in terms of our... History you know, repeats
0: itself. <laughs> yes, we've learned nothing.
1: <laughs> yes, and uh, although you know we, we all know you know these biblical stories, okay, yes. it was a long time ago, and uh, okay, you know people may look different, yes, yeah, so you know the technical progress is huge, yeah, mm-hmm. but essentially, you know the yeah the, you know the history repeats itself, and sometimes, actually, most of the time, it's frightening.
0: Yes, now, I love so we, that. And that's yeah. so true. you you alluded to um, the American political situation and mm-hmm. um, history repeating itself over and over, and that humans don't learn lessons from history, do we?
1: That's unfortunately, yes it's, it's in, uh, probably it's in human nature. You know, what you know so uh, of course know, I wish I, I could have you know simple answers to all this. No, no. The I can't they're, show. Not
0: they're not simple answers, you're right.
1: So <laughs> I can't show. No,
0: they're you know. definitely not simple answers and um, because it's human nature that it's not easy and that yeah. and that we keep making the same mistakes over and
1: over yes uh, so that and that's why you know I want to continue this theme in my you know the second part
0: yes tell me about that
1: uh because you know so basically what I'm playing in the second part it's a uh, yeah um yes the second death soul's awakening yeah the great flood but this great flood is the biblical great flood but it's much more complicated and even scary than that, it's mm-hmm. not as simple yeah, as just a flat. Yeah. So, and basically, my main characters. yes, yeah, So, my heroes, so to to say, um, they return from their incredible journey and encounter. So, our contemporary world. So they return home, but you know, so uh, the, the the place, the, the country. You know, this in, in this case, it's Italy. You know, it, it's totally changed from what we saw at the beginning of the first part. Mm-hmm. So this temporary world, everything on the surface looks fine. You know, so you know, uh, people live fine. There is no dystopian. You know, the picture of the previous previous world that we, we learned from the uh, first part, and and people look at this uh, at our you know the heroes. You know the, the protagonists, um, and uh, th- they take them for a bunch of religious fanatics rather than heroes. You know, for what they experienced and what they went through, and uh, basically, uh, just um, uh, you know, they have uh, they have no choice uh, but to repeat the path of the first Christians in the ancient Rome. Mm. Yeah. So on one hand, you know, so uh, our our present, you know, uh, modern world seems okay, much more comfortable and maybe less dangerous than biblical times. Uh, in the end, it's it's, it's not not uh, that at all. Yeah. Yes.
0: yes.
1: Too many similarities. Let's
0: <laughs> say. Uh... I love that you are are beginning in both cases with. Dead Soul's Awakening with your your next book, with a story that we all know, and yet you in your creative imagination can take what we think we know and, and move it into this whole fantastical journey and lesson, and then, like you said, in pointing to the fact that what happened in the past can happen again, because uh, we don't learn lessons as we should. Um, They say we're supposed to read history so we learn not to repeat it, but it hasn't helped, has it?
1: Yes, somehow, right. So maybe in this sense, you know, uh, this message is not very optimistic, should they say. Yeah, (laughs) But, but definitely there's something to think about to start
0: with that you know that's amazing
1: because yeah so uh, you know what I'm trying to do to do is to show you know uh, oh by the way Stephanie let me explain a little bit too um because uh what um what the literary device um I I'm I'm Using, mm. you know, so writing my books.
0: Yes, yes. Because,
1: uh, sometimes, you know, some readers notice it that uh, unconventional, you know, word choice, mm-hmm. situations, and, uh, you know, some dialogues. So I, I did it on purpose because, uh, you know, I'm following this uh, not very, you know, the common, well known, but literary device called estrangement uh, from reality. So it's, uh, you know, so if you, my goal is to take uh, my readers out of the comfort zone and uh, to make them feel and see things, you know, as if for the first time in their lives, Mm. you know, with new eyes, you know, what happened. And that's what, for instance, you know, you use different, uh, you know, ways for that. And uh, including this um, unconventional word choice. Um, let me think. Just one example. For instance, there was a Russian writer, yeah, um, Andrei Platonov, in the 30s, and just one sentence from, of course, it's always difficult to translate from one language to another, but, you know, so, for instance, very simple um, sentence, and we entered a pub to sincere human voices. So normally, you wouldn't use sincere, in this, but, you know, uh, because it could be loud. You know, drunken voices, and you name it. But in this, you see. But then you would spend, you know, maybe two sentences to explain, you know, the atmosphere in this pub. Well, so, here says the people after a couple of glasses, you know, they they just, you know, uh, no longer hold back. You know, their their feelings, you know, and uh, so their true feelings. Nice. So it, one example and uh, that's why there, there are parts like this you know so everybody will understand it but I hope you know this approach if they because I think um this approach makes me create uh, more vivid you know vivid situation uh, vivid events you know how my characters
0: act I- them. I get that. That's that's just an amazing technique to be using. And you're right, it just brings you more in to what's yes. going on. It absolutely does.
1: That's what I'm trying to achieve, yeah, this effect, yes.
0: <laughs> Tell me something. When you are writing, are you deliberate in those types of choices, or is it flowing? I mean, this is already your third novel. Uh, just for other writers out there who want to embrace Perhaps a literary technique like that, or even just this fantastical type of a story, does it flow out of you, or are you a deliberate writer? And there's no wrong answer. Just curious. I
1: would, I would say, yeah, I understand. You know, I would say first, it's still, it has to flow naturally, mm. coming out of you, and, yes. and then you know, so then you then you, you use it deliberately you Know if you want you not know, to use it or be more careful and wait for you know another moment, you know, to show it. Um, because as far as I remember, you know, when I started um, my long journey as a writer, um, I didn't know that that literary device exists mm. so. So I bet it was, you know, for me, it was natural. It was just, it was coming out. And and then I realized, you know, I read other books and uh, I found uh, this, you know, thing, um, these uh, similarities, rather. You know, so I opened up and then I, I read a few, you know, a few works on that estrangement. In, in Russia, it's called estrangement um, of reality, not from reality, of reality. So you, you, you keep... Reality and changes, so the your readers would see it with new eyes.
0: Mm, absolutely. Now,
1: rather than, yeah. Rather than you know, many readers, I mean, normally, yes. Yeah, so if it's just an average you know book or, or something, would just glance you know over the pages, you know, and, and that was it, you know, without much,
0: you know, the, the feelings as a result. Yes. So, so this is, this is a book that people need to, to read and absorb, not a, yeah, you know. Yes, absolutely.
1: And uh, I think it just, you know, it's, I don't do it on on purpose. I cannot write otherwise, you know, it's just, uh, you know, it would be, I would be bored to death just to write for for the sake of writing, you know, just
0: totally understand so how is that second that next book coming this is a follow-up to this one so so people view yes. the journey
1: yes so it's the main characters who remain the same so and they return home so and and you know despite of yeah few several very important events still you know they feel that they uh you know they achieve you know they go they fulfill their task and return home but uh, meet very, very uh, unexpected, you know, with the reception.
0: Uh Aha, I love that.
1: (laughs) Unfortunately, (laughs) and that's the main idea. So the history repeats itself in many different forms and different times. I
0: understand, that sounds amazing. Well, for all of our listeners out there, um, you definitely want to grab your copy of Dead Souls Awakening by Alexander Suslov grab it quick, because there's going to be another one coming. So you'll want to be right there beginning the story, and then continuing the story. Um, So excited to meet our author today. And when that next book comes out, I hope you'll come back so we can we can chat about the continuing saga.
1: Thank you, Stephanie. Yeah, I can't wait.
0: Um. I can't wait to get reading also. (laughs) absolutely. Thank you so much.
1: We'll do it. (laughs) And and
0: so enlightening. I've learned so much from, from meeting you. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you.